The podcast this week is brought to you by the Door County Beer Festival. The peninsula's largest celebration of craft beer returns to Bailey's Harbor on June 16th, 2018, with more than 150 different beers from 53 different breweries from Wisconsin, Minnesota, Michigan, and Illinois. Festival gourds get unlimited tastings in the Peninsula Pulse tasting tent from 12 to 4 p.m., while VIP attendees will get early entry and exclusive access to specialty beers from five Wisconsin breweries. Tickets are $40 and are available at DoorCountyTickets.com. For more information, visit DoorCountyBeerFestival.com. Welcome to the Door County Pulse podcast, where each week we'll talk with the writers and editors of the Peninsula Pulse about the stories you'll find in this week's issue. I'm Andrew Clyden, and today I'm joined by Miles Danhausen, writer and editor for the Peninsula Pulse. Miles, how are you? I'm doing good, Andrew. I'm uh, I'm pumped up for spring to be here. Yeah, finally it is. Uh, I know that we had um, the marathon last weekend, and a little bit of water still on the trails, but not as much as we thought coming off of that big winter. Yeah, we had a, when we were working on the half marathon, we had about two to three inches of rainfall the night before. And on half marathon Friday, leading up to the race, we, it all kind of gathered in the concourse. So we had eight to 10 inches of, of water down in the park, but all dried up because we had a beautiful day on Saturday, really the first true day of spring, I think about 60, 70 degrees, awesome day in the park. Right. And we got up to 70 degrees this week. Uh, starting to get into a more cloudy, rainy lull right now, but it's good to see that spring is finally here. Starting to see the flowers blooming and the vegetation coming to life, seeing the ramps show up again for the season. Uh, for those who don't know, Mouse, can you tell us what ramps are? Yeah, ramps are like a, a wild onion that growing up in Door County, I never knew what those were. I never heard that name, but then... Uh, Marrying a chef, I hear about them all the time. Chefs go nuts for them, and they're like a, a wild onion that just grows on the forest floor, usually in, in heavily wooded areas. And they are, when you're driving around Door County in the first few days of spring before everything's bloomed, all that green you see on the forest floor, that'll be ramps out there. And um, most people don't know much about them, but chefs go crazy for them. I know there's a lot of local restaurants up here that do a lot of foraging for stuff. I know uh, Beerzot in Sister Bay. Their chef will forage for wild mushrooms and that kind of stuff and bring that into his menu. So Yeah, Matt Shambas, the, uh, he formerly the chef at Wickman House, and now he started a thing called Door County Underground, and he's doing these uh, specialty dinners at, at different locations around the county. But he's also known a guy who forages everywhere uh, for ramps and mushrooms around the county. So there's a lot more of that uh, kind of eccentric chef interest coming into the county, which is great if you love food like I do. So, Miles, our featured story this week is remembering Ellsworth Peterson, the president of Peterson Boatworks, passed away earlier this month, and you wrote an article about his life and his legacy. We're going to get into that a little bit later, but before we do, why don't we take a look at some of the headlines that you can find in this week's issue of the Peninsula Pulse. First up, Door Shakespeare has announced its new managing director, that is Amy Ensign. Miles, have you had a chance to meet Amy? I have not, but that's a name that's been uh, synonymous with theater up here for, for many years. Right. I first met Amy when I was doing some work for Third Avenue Playhouse. She was working with them, um, but she has been in productions, behind the scenes, all over the place in Door County for years. Like you said, she's a, a name that's really synonymous. I think she's going to be a really good fit for Door Shakespeare. She's also the theater director at Sevastopol High School, and she worked with Third Avenue Playhouse Stage Kids program. So she's been a big force in Door County using theater as an educational tool, and I'm really excited to see what she does with Door Shakespeare moving forward. That's really cool that we have this theater community up here that just is integrated into the school system, too. That's such a, a 
cool asset for for the schools up here. Absolutely. Uh, back in when I went to college, um, the U of M had a program that was directly related to the Guthrie Theater, which is the big uh, state theater in in Minneapolis. And it's cool that we have that going on with the high schools up here. Um, Door County is a great place for theater because I think there's more theater seats per capita here than almost anywhere else. <laughs> there's got to be. Yeah, I mean, there's uh, four equity theaters up here in a place where there probably shouldn't even be one. But it, right. it's amazing that we have so many. Uh, and like you said, it's great that they're so integrated with the students up here. That theater education is so important. And, and each one of these theaters is so different. You know, Penn Players has its thing and niche. And then you have Door Shakespeare out in in the grounds of Bjorkland and out in the in the woods, literally in the woods, performing Shakespeare. There, there's just so much variety up here for for people who are theater goers. It's such a unique place to be. Right. I was talking to Brian Kelsey, the production manager at Penn Players, and one of the things he told me that stood out was that none of the theaters up here consider each other to be competition. What they're competing for is your time. You only have so much time to do all of the things that you're going to do up here in Door County. So the challenge becomes creating a theatrical season that draws you in. So how do you get somebody off the water into a theater seat or out of a restaurant into a theater seat? That's where the competition comes in. If anything, all the different theaters up here help each other thrive. Because you can be a destination for it. Somebody who really loves that can can look at going up here for a week or coming back multiple times over the course of the summer and checking out different performances rather than just having this one place doing this one thing. And like you said, they're so different. They all fulfill different desires theatrically, which, I mean, to, to be able to have that variety in a place like this is fantastic. And there's some great connections for people who have started here and and moved on or started somewhere else and moved here. Paul Sills, one of the founding members of Second City in Chicago, one of the great uh, comedy troops in the, in the country, probably the greatest, ended up later in life retiring up here and contributing to local community theater. So we have some talent like that up here. JW, uh, John Walker, uh, worked at Peninsula Players back in the 80s and then went on to produce films like for Pixar, like uh, Giant and The Incredibles. So you have these people who either brought their talents here late in life or started here and went on to these big things, which is a, a great inspiration for, for people who are getting started up here. Right. And all of the theaters draw from Minneapolis, St. Paul, Milwaukee, Chicago, some of the best places for theater, some of the best places for talent in the Midwest and they funnel them all up into the peninsula for the summer. It's, it's a really cool place to be. Yeah, it's excellent. Uh, coming up this weekend, County League Baseball kicks up. Woohoo! Uh, so tell me a little bit about County League Baseball. I'm, I'm relatively new up here into the county, uh, so I haven't had the opportunity to really dig into the local sports scene, but I've heard that the County League is really important to a lot of people up here. Well, for a lot of local families, Door County League Baseball is an integral part of living in Door County, especially in the summertime. I once helped edit some uh, a family history volumes, two volumes set for the Egg Harbor Historical Society, and where people submitted a page or two about their family's history in Egg Harbor. And I was astounded by how many people would mention when they had one page to sum up their family's life in the in the town, they would mention, oh, Uncle Johnny played baseball for the Egg Harbor Door County League team. And I was like, wow, that was important enough to earn a line or two in your 100-year history. People are really proud of it. Um, there's eight teams. They they play in parks, just small little parks around, like, in Sister Bay. It's by the sports complex there. In Bailey's Harbor, they have a devoted group of fans. For a team that has been 
bottom dwellers, I'll say kindly, for um, for many years now, but they have an incredible field in Bailey's Harbor. The people really put their time in um, years and years after their playing days. Sister Bay will play in Bailey's Harbor this weekend in a matchup that's known to locals as the grudge. Just those two, those two towns have a great rivalry. Um, John Bastion, the late John Bastion, had a great saying. He, he had played for both teams, and he's, he said once that the best thing that ever came out of Bailey's Harbor was Highway 57. Uh, <laughs> so they have a, a very unique rivalry between the two of them. But it'll be high schoolers, guys from you know 14 or 15 will start playing, and they'll, they'll play until they're 40. And some of these games will draw two, three, four hundred people. Probably the best crowds are on Washington Island, where County League baseball is life up there. And I played one year in the County League. I was terrible. I was not a good baseball player. But uh, they were very desperate for players in Sister Bay at the time. And that journey to the island was quite an eye-opener to see just how rabid their fans are and how much trash-talking they'll do. Well, yeah, up on the island, I would imagine that you get really involved in, in everything that's going on in the community. So the fans of the baseball team up there must just be ravenous. I mean, you you take the ferry over to the island and suddenly you're, I mean, you're in their neighborhood now or when they come over here and bring their fans with them. I mean, that's that's got to be, I mean, talk about a following, right? They also have a built-in advantage in that when you go to the island, you're like, well, let's make a weekend of it. So you go over there, you maybe party on the island a little bit and they get to face what's often a relatively hungover baseball team to play against on Sunday. Right, and that's probably part of the strategy up on the island, too, is <laughs> yeah. to bring these guys up the night before. Show them a good time. Exactly, and then just ruthless the, the day of the game. <laughs> um, so where are some of the baseball fields throughout the county? Uh, there's one in Colburg. Uh, there's one in Maplewood, two towns that a lot of visitors may never even have heard of, but yes, they are that those are home bases for a couple of the baseball teams. Institute, uh, which is uh, right near the Institute Saloon, um, West Jacksonport, another town that barely is a town. It's it's got a bar and a baseball field. So then there's one in Egg Harbor out by the water treatment plant, and yeah, these are they're just kind of dotted in these sort of random locations. And they have some cheap food there too, cheap beer, cheap burgers and brats. It's it's kind of like old school Americana feel when you go to those games. Right, and what more could you ask for? Yeah. One last thing on Door County League baseball. It always starts the first game of the year is always. Mother's Day weekend, uh, which is a good reminder for all those guys who take Mother's Day and then spend it all playing a little boys game out on the field. Remember to wish your mother a happy Mother's Day. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Bring your mom to the game. I'm sure she would love spending Mother's Day at the baseball field. Oh, yeah, that's what every mom wants on Mother's Day. I mean, some of them do, but maybe not all of them. Well, I think that just about does it for our weekend preview. Miles, why don't we jump into the story this week? So for The Pulse this week, you wrote an article remembering the life and legacy of Ellsworth Peterson. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Well, this week uh, we had some sad news. May 2nd, Ellsworth Peterson, um, the longtime owner and president of Peterson Builders Incorporated in Sturgeon Bay, passed away on May 2nd. Uh, He was 94, uh, lived a long, good, very iconic, accomplished life. He grew up cleaning bilges out of boats in the uh, Peterson Boatyard for his father, Fred, who had founded the boatyard in 1933 and spent his entire life. Somebody told me that he once said, I only made it a mile in my entire life from my house 
to the boatyard and spent his whole life working there. But he was a philanthropist who gave millions to organizations in Door County. I talked to several different people who, who said that the Door County YMCA simply wouldn't exist without his generosity. Um, he was a big uh, supporter of the performing arts in Door County, a, a big gift to Peninsula Players when they were building their new theater, and tons of big gifts, large and small, to organizations and people in need throughout this county, especially children's organizations. And then later in life, kind of his adopted second home in Hawaii, he was also known to give um, a lot of money to organizations there. But before, before the charitable gifts, the guy employed a thousand people. And you think of the impact that makes of funneling dollars into the community with that huge of a employment base. And he had a profit sharing program at Peterson Builders Incorporated. So every time they turned a profit, that was split with their employees. And one of their, their models was, hopefully I get this right, but it, we build quality ships on schedule at a profit, which we share. And that was up on their wall. And that was a, an ethic that that went through that company. And people were very proud to work there. I talked to several different longtime employees there um, and observers and maritime historians from the county who said that there was just a, a pride in working there. They had such a skilled workforce. And throughout his, his life, Ellsworth would, when he was selling Peterson Boatyard to the to congressmen, to senators, working the Hall of Congress, trying to twist people's arms to order the Navy ships that they were so well known for building, especially minesweepers, was kind of their um, calling card for much of their, their lifespan. When he was twisting their arms and when he was producing sales materials, they always touted their workforce. And that's what he felt gave them a competitive advantage. The people of Sturgeon Bay who had these very unique skills, who maybe milked cows in the morning and worked at the boatyard in the afternoon before they went back to milk cows a second time. But they were great carpenters. They were great uh, plumbers. They were great tradesmen great welders, and they made some of the most um, dependable, desired boats in the world. It's And that comes out of Little Sturgeon Bay, Wisconsin. I've gotten to know Peterson's story over the last couple months working on some of the, the history content that we put out with Filmworks. And I think that, that Peterson may be the most influential person in terms of not only putting Door County on the map, but shaping it and its future. With Peterson Boatworks, they were producing incredible, high-quality military ships during World War II and minesweepers that are still in use today. Mm -hmm. He was a huge part of the maritime revolution that went through Sturgeon Bay and, and bolstered not only its economy, but, I mean, many of the people who worked on the shipyards when they were young retired here in the 80s, mm -hmm. uh, which kind of creates the, the landscape that we see today. Like you were saying about his charitable contributions, the YMCA, we have two YMCA campuses in an area that probably shouldn't have even one. No, definitely um, not. It's unheard of. Right. So the fact that we have these two facilities that are in incredible locations for community gatherings and just a, a sense of community overall, largely in part to Peterson's work and his, his contributions. Yeah, I talked to several people who said that the Y wouldn't exist if it weren't for his contributions. And for me, as a kid who grew up in Egg Harbor, there was no Y in Northern Door at the time. The only Y was in the old school in Sturgeon Bay. So when we wanted to play basketball, there's, there weren't options. There wasn't a gym we could go work out in. The school wasn't open in the evenings or in the summertime. And then when they opened that Y in 1997, not only for me as somebody who just liked to work out and wanted to be healthy and go use that gym, but then I was coaching basketball. I coached basketball for 10 years at Gibraltar High School, and I saw the impact every single day in that my players could go over to the Y when they had time to kill and spend a couple hours in there. And they were in a place where every, the whole community knew where they were. They were safe. 
if you go into either of the Y centers after school, you see it teeming with people. And that's part of what he built. And, and a lot of other people contributed to it as well, but he was a, a, a driving force for it. And you saw Gibraltar athletics improve dramatically in the years after the Y was built in large part because they just had some place to practice, had some place to lift weights. Um, when I was in high school, it was very rare for athletes at Gibraltar to do any of that stuff in the offseason because there just wasn't an opportunity to do it. And what, what Carla Ellsworth, his, his widow, told me is it's, they wanted to give to the Y because it hit every type of person, covered the gamut. And so now my parents, as they're in their 70s, they use the Y and, and are able to stay healthy. What would they do in the winter 25 years ago? I mean, there would be nowhere to go. So just a tremendous impact. And he was incredibly well-respected in the shipbuilding industry by military brass. Um, he counted senators and congressmen amongst his friends. And he wasn't a boastful guy. Everyone I talked to said he was a very focused, hard-driving worker, but a patient man and a fair man as a boss. Not like this boisterous salesperson. He was a straight shooter. And, you know, taking on that story, I didn't know. I, I interviewed him once in my life. And when he passed, I'm, I'm thinking... Got to get this right. I got to talk to a lot of people because you don't you don't want to mess up anyone's story. But especially when you're talking about somebody as larger than life as as this guy was for Door County, you you want to get it right, and you have to talk to a lot of people, a lot of his friends, to try and paint the right picture of of who he was. Because the last thing you want is that to come out and some one somebody who knows him well or a family member to pick that up and go, this doesn't sound like the Ellsworth I knew. So uh, it was great to have some people who were willing to spend some time and, and share a lot about his life. You could talk to anybody who has been, you know, interwoven in the history of Sturgeon-based maritime activities, and every single one of them was touched by Ellsworth in some way. Oh, yeah. Um, I know you talked to Bob Desch. Um, we, we've interviewed Bob Desch a lot uh, for the maritime history stuff that we've done, and it's, it's the same thing. I mean, he, the way he talks about Peterson is it comes from a place of, the, of utmost respect. Right. Um, everybody looked up to this guy. I think somebody said that he was the the shipbuilder's shipbuilder. Yeah. Like he yep. he was this this larger than life character but so humble and so grounded at the same time. Yes. Another thing Bob Desch told me is he was a mariner at heart. So he loved to sail. He his one of his greatest passions was to be on the boat the Utopia that his his own father built and that only a couple of years ago was donated to an organization in Traverse City. But he was just known for loving being on that boat, loving to sail. And so he wasn't just a, a corporate shirt running a company. He was a sailor who ran a boatyard. Right. He did He did what he loved in, in everything that he did. So all of his maritime pursuits were because he loved the water and he loved sailing. Um, everything that he did for the county was because he loved being here. Yes. And he his vision for what the county could become was so grand and he did everything that he could to make that vision a reality. Maybe it's something that's lost today, and, and I don't know if we can get this back or not, at least not on that scale, but the guy employed a 1,000 people and lived a few doors down the road from that boatyard. He spent his money in the city where that boatyard was, where his, where his employees lived, and, and he gave back to that community in his philanthropy, and then he shared the profits with those workers. Those companies don't exist now. Palmer Johnson eventually was bought by an international conglomerate. Same thing with Bay Shipbuilding owned by Fincantieri. Um, one of our bigger re retail outlets nowadays are Targets and Walmarts. That money, when it funnels to the top, it's far from Door County. But in the old days at Peterson Shipbuilding, when it funneled to the top, it was funneling to somebody who lived here. And that's that's really rare today. And actually, I was, I was talking to some folks about when he closed down the shipyard. Part of it was he didn't want to see... 
He didn't have somebody in the family who wanted to take it over. They were struggling to get contracts. He was ready to retire. And he didn't want to just sell it off to somebody and see Peters and Builders, his father's company, just be a small subset of a much larger corporation. So I, I was told it was a very difficult thing for him to do, but there really weren't other options to continue it in the manner that, that he thought it deserved to continue. Well, and to end it honorably, too. I mean, uh, it, it kind of closed down at the height of its you know reputation. Yeah, it's kind of crazy how that industry works. And like you can, in 1993, they're cranking out minesweepers. In 1995, they're, they're winding down the yard. Those contracts come and then they dry up and that's the end of it. That's a pretty good run to have a, having been in business before and just done it for about eight, eight, nine years as a business owner to keep a family business running for nearly 70 years. It's remarkable. And then to have the impact that he's had even in the, the 25 years since that business closed down. It's, uh, you, would, you would hope you could do a fraction of what he did. Absolutely. And be sure to check out the article in this week's issue of the Peninsula Pulse for more. Hey, Miles, thank you so much for sitting down and chatting with me this week. Yeah, thanks, Andrew. It was a, it was a good time. And uh, everybody listening, get outside this weekend. Things are popping out there. I was on a hike at Eagle Trail just yesterday. It was beautiful. Um, the snow is gone. The ice is gone. Trails are open. Flowers are blooming. It's a great time to be back in Door County. These stories and more will be available in this week's issue of the Peninsula Pulse, available throughout Door County. For more headlines, visit doorcountypulse.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the Door County Pulse podcast for your weekly Pulse picks, interviews, and exclusive content from the Peninsula Pulse. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week.